Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Well, this week we retreated with a race that was actually supposed to happen earlier in the season, but was delayed due to COVID-19. It was the Atlanta Motor Speedway Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Y'all know what Quick Trip is, right? Nope. A quick trip, it's a it's a gas station uh, brand. Yeah. I thought it meant like quick trip like on vacation, like a quick a quick vacation. Well, it's kind of the idea. If you're traveling around the country, you make a quick trip in and out of a convenience store. So anyway, the Atlanta Motor Speedway five hundred, quick trip five hundred. Our first two stages were actually taken by Martin Truex Jr. and our race winner was Kevin Harvick. So let's actually go ahead and get a little bit more into the race. So who actually took the green flag to start this race out for us? I have no idea because I don't think we're able to even focus on the race because for us local viewers in Central Florida, the local Fox 35 News interrupted the race and they kept talking about tornado warnings in the area. And the race is still going on, but it's small and they keep talking we don't know what they're saying we didn't hear that message at the beginning from the nascar president i think yeah we didn't see the green flag and they even reached the competition caution and they were still talking Talking about about the the tornadoes yeah i think it actually lasted all the way to stage one ending yeah well what we ended up having to do was go to the nascar website and actually pull up the cameras and then i remembered PRN Racing Network that was actually broadcasting it. And I remembered that. So I pulled it up and we we listened to it then. But yeah, it was a little uh, not the way we planned it. It was a little bit frustrating. Before the interruption, we did get to see who the special grand marshal was. And who was that? Jimmy Johnson. Were you surprised? Yes. Do you know why they did it this week? No, I thought they would do the auto club since that's the track he won the most at. What did they do special this week in Atlanta? Remember for him? They um, put like a part of the grandstands named after him. I believe the eighth tower of the grandstands, it has John, it says Johnson, the Johnson Tower. And it's next to Penny and Earnhardt. And so he was pretty happy about that. And he was pretty excited. And then they made him the Grand Marshal. Well, I have information of who started on the poll today. It was Chase Elliott. And he's actually, we were talking a little bit about this. This is kind of his hometown race. He's like the hometown hero. And mom was even a little surprised. Yeah, I thought that he was from Charlotte. I mean, I don't know if that's nope. just. Yeah. So I, I was, I was when they said home home uh, track, I didn't understand why. But apparently, yeah, he was born. Yeah, he was born in Dawsonville, Georgia, which is about 55 miles away from Atlanta. His dad is from Dawsonville. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's almost like. I joked about the fact that we should have brought each of you guys to be born in Philadelphia, where I was born. Bottom line is Bill Elliott was born in Dawsonville, and so was Chase Elliott. And so he is truly a hometown kind of hero there. And so, yeah, he led the the first 26 laps. But I think, as you mentioned, Gio, uh, it was Martin Truex that actually won stage one. It was actually pretty good for him because he got 
the first stage win of the season for himself and then the and then his first stage win at Atlanta. So that was pretty big for him. I thought it was also interesting. Did you hear the stat about the fact that he's won more stages than any other driver since they started stage racing in Cup Series? I thought that was pretty interesting. I remember this race where he swept the whole stages. Um, in 2018, he, this was at Auto Club. He wins stage one, wins stage two, and wins the race. Yeah, you told me that because I, I had joked about usually the guys that win the first two stages don't take it home. And you corrected me. You're like, nope, there was somebody who did it. And it was Martin Truex Jr. It's always a little bit more interesting for us when our drivers are up front. And so I felt like we kind of all had that. Our family guy, Boyer, was up there early in stage one. Uh, and I think he even finished second or third in top three at the end of the stages. And he actually led 58 laps during stage two. So he was doing really good. He um finished third in stage one. Yeah, he finished third. Thanks, uh, thanks, Johan. That's right. He finished third in stage one. So yeah, he did well. In stage two, he was in the thing in the lead, and he finished ninth because his tire was going down, and he fell back from I think first to ninth. I thought I was actually starting to think, you know, as we kind of get into stage two, he ran really strong. Like you guys mentioned, he led fifty eight laps in the race. All of those happened in stage two. And I was starting to think this could have been the week for him. Yeah, but, but he kept having trouble with his tire. Yeah. They started like, getting he, splinters. He kept and... going into the pits because his tires, yeah, were getting blisters. I've never seen a car do that before. Like, especially with the NASCAR cars, I've never seen that problem before. And if you were actually watching the race, you may have actually seen it where he um, basically had just burned a line through the middle of his tire. And again, to Sebastian's point, I've never seen that in a race before. I've never seen that happen. Yeah, no, I thought that was pretty wild that he was doing. And they basically were saying he was he was use, abusing that right-end tire. It might have been the way that the car was set up. And he was running fast, but it was it was whining. It, it, there was only so much he could do. And basically, he would run, and then at the end of a run, his car would start to fall back. Yeah, and then you he could was see trying him wiggling. Just keep, yeah, just keep it on the track, wiggling all over. So, um, but... Anyway, so he he was doing well, made it a little bit more interesting. Uh, Logano was even up there. And even Kyle Busch, how'd your guy do? Yeah, he did pretty good. He actually got second in the entire race. He did? Yeah, he finished second. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, I know he was doing well, and even in the, the end of the third uh, stage, uh, or I'm sorry, the end of the second stage, he actually was doing pretty well. So who was the guy that that ended up winning the race? Kevin Harvick dominating the race, leading the most laps, and um, something funny. He led four. He led for four times, and what's his number? Four. And how many laps did he lead? One hundred and fifty-one laps. He was dominated the most laps led. The second guy who led the most laps was Martrick Jr. Led for six times, but he only led sixty-five laps. So it was really, even though Martin Truex had done really well early, Kevin Harvick was the guy that brought it home. And I think it was significant. It was his 51st career win. It was the first time he had won in Atlanta in, in a few years. He um, it was he hasn't won since at Atlanta since 2018. And he uh, celebrated in style with a um, salute to Dale Earnhardt Sr. Remembering that day when he got his first win replacing him. 
um, after the tragic event that had happened. And he put up that three to have remembrance. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, that's always endeared me to Kevin Harvick. I haven't always been the biggest Kevin Harvick fan, but I've always respected a man. Um, and I appreciated what he did stepping into that car after Dale Earnhardt was taken from us and uh, and and actually winning like he was one of the reasons why you kind of felt like you got a little bit of healing uh, when he won. And, and uh, yeah, he did really, really well. He's got a strong car. I mean, this is his third win of the year or second, 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 second win. Yeah. I think you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And both of them have been since we've gotten back from the pandemic. So he's definitely got a strong car, strong program going on there. So uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So what do you think about the Atlanta race overall? I think we were talking a little bit about that before. Am I the only one who thinks this track, this race is a little longer than most? It feels like it. I mean, it's a 500 miler. I mean, so it's not longer than in distance. And and the track itself is it. it's like a what, a mile and a half. It's a mile and a half. So it's the same similar to Homestead. Yeah. And we've been to Atlanta and we've been to Homestead. And I believe Charlotte is the other Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. That it's similar to or Texas. One of those two. Texas. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I don't know. This race just seems longer. And I don't know if maybe it's because there's less passing towards the end of the race. You already knew that Kevin Harvick was definitely going to be the winner unless something happened. So I don't know if that's it, but it just seems like it's a lot longer race than most. Because, again, we've been to both that one and Homestead, but that one seems longer to me than Homestead does. Well, we're not the only ones who... um who um said this is shorter. Um some other YouTube videos said this race should be shorter. Like um Doubly Dud, he um the name of his video talking about the race, he said this race should be shorter. Well, so I mean, I will say that it does feel like this race uh might feel a little longer. I think a big part of it is there's not as many cautions. It's not like a super speedway like a Dega or a Daytona. Yeah, those about the last 100 laps it did feel long because of those no cautions. So it didn't give that excitement. And I think, and it wasn't as enjoyable compared to the other races that we've seen so far. And, um, a lot, um, two drivers, um, um, weren't feeling good after the race, Bubba Wallace and Ryan Newman. They, um, I think Bubba Wallace passed out and, um, Ryan Newman was, was, um, was um was sitting on the floor and um he wasn't um feeling good and yeah so they should make this race shorter jamie little mentioned when kevin hart was getting out of the car that she was going to interview him she's like he's got to take off all his stuff he's been in there three and a half hours and when they panned over to like um ryan newman you know they were talking about how exhausting i think jeff gordon was talking about how exhausting this race is and being in the hot car for so long. And you could see it again. Ryan Newman was sitting on the ground and he looked very drained. And then we saw what happened to Bubba Wallace. And for those that didn't watch the race, basically, Jamie Little went up to interview him. And she, you know, even checked on air while we were watching was like, hey, do the interview. So then he, she, he's like, I, I got up too fast when I got out of the car and I felt a little lightheaded, but I'm good. You know, I'm. He was drinking water or whatever. Then mid-interview, he starts to just yeah. He started stuttering, stuttering. And Jamie was like, "And then are you okay?" And then all of a sudden, like his eyes looked like he was. And Karen even said, "Is he having a seizure?" He like glazed over, like 
yeah, like something was completely wrong. It was actually kind of scary. And you're like, oh my gosh, what am I watching? And and she was like, when she asked him if he was okay, she was like, no, he, even she, she answered her own question. She said, no, he's not okay. So your mom and I have actually seen Sebastian. He had a seizure once when he was a kid. And thank God he hasn't had one since, but he had one and it was scary. And you just don't know, you don't know what to do. Uh, if you've ever had a situation like that and we were kind of scared in the moment. So just watching this live, it was like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Seeing the way that he kind of just stuttered some words and then his eyes were like kind of going back and forth reminded me a lot because that's exactly what Sebastian did when he had a seizure. He just kind of babbled something and then his eyes almost like they rolled in the back of his head. And so it, it was very reminiscent of that. But thankfully, uh, Jamie Little recognized it. I think he had some crew guys behind him and must have been watching and noticed and got right behind him. So he didn't like pass out and like hit his head or anything like that. But uh, he was okay. He, uh, you know, I I guess they checked him into the care center and basically said that he was just, you know, dehydrated, exhausted. It was it was hot. It was a hard race. I would even responded on Twitter from our Let's Go Racing family Twitter account uh, to a video that they had posted about Bubba Wallace and that, you know, happening in the interview and and how, how scary that was. And I basically said, you know, this is exhibit A for anyone that questions whether or not NASCAR drivers are athletes, because you'll hear that, right? It's like, oh, this is not the traditional stick and ball type sport. You're not, you know, running up and down a field or a basketball court or whatever it is. These guys are athletes. So you see that situation with Bubba Wallace, that would be exhibit A. Exhibit B would be Jimmy Johnson probably one of the top athletes in all of sports because he is obviously one of the top drivers to ever drive. And then on a whim, he's like, well, maybe not a whim, but basically he decides I'm going to run the Boston marathon. And we have, uh, we have a a friend of ours and she is a runner. She knows a lot about running and and trains and, and she's told us because we had no idea. You don't just show up and say, Hey, I want to get in the Boston marathon unless you're someone like a Jimmy Johnson, right? He got in because of a sponsor thing. But other people that want to run, you have to hit a certain time. And to run that fast for 28 miles, is it's a long time. And and not so he got in but to the Boston he got Marathon. In, he still ran the time for to qualify for a Boston Marathon. Exactly. He ran so fast when he actually ran it that he he qualified on his own time for the following year's Boston Marathon. So. You know, you can't tell me these guys aren't athletes. And it's not just the drivers, the uh, the pit crew guys, they train. And when we were at the Hendrick facility in um, in Charlotte, we were able to see some of the training areas where the guys go out and they do like kind of like almost like cross training kind of thing. And so they've got it and they and and then they they train on the cars and it's like, you know, agility and speed that they have to work on. So, yeah, even though these guys are. The, the drivers are in cars and the pit crews are behind the, you know, the pits. They're still athletes, both the pit crew and the drivers. They have to be somewhat fit yeah. and in good shape to do what they have to do. Yeah. We found out how much of an athlete or how taxing of a run this was at Atlanta and how much of an athlete you need to be to be able to, to walk out of that car like nothing. And uh, unfortunately for Bubba Wallace, he had a lot of demands on his time the past couple of weeks. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And honestly, I think, you know, I, I don't know the guy personally, but I'm pretty sure he didn't get as much sleep as he normally does with all the pressure and stress 
of what's going on. And he is the you know, sole African-American that races in NASCAR. And so everybody's coming in, all the interview requests. And so just imagine the guy doesn't get probably his normal rest. And uh, then he's out there for three and a half plus hours and uh, maybe didn't get as hydrated. And then, the you know, he's one of the first guys they want to interview. The guy didn't even have a chance to really recover. It was not only hot, but humid. Yeah. And for those of us that live in Florida, we know that humidity makes the air heavier and thicker. So let's move on. So uh, where are we going this week? Actually, I was about to say next week, but where are we going this week and next? We have a Wednesday race. Yes. For the first night race ever at the Martinsville um, Speedway, the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500. That's a mouthful. We talked about Blue Emu, remember, during the iRacing uh, season? Yeah. Uh, well, they're sponsoring a real race this year. I made um, a joke. I know you made a joke. What was the joke? It was like um, how um, I think um, it was Rusty Rollis and Johnny Benz, and they were in the commercial, and they were both boomers. So Blue Emu was probably a boomer thing. <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, you're not completely wrong because it is a pain relief. It's a medicinal thing. So maybe there are a lot of boomers yeah, when, that use when this we heard, product. When I heard about Blue Emu with the whole iRacing League uh, incident, I had no idea that they were a pain relief uh, medicine. Yeah. So seeing Rusty Wallace and Johnny Bench in that commercial, I was like, oh, that's what that is. Did not expect that. I thought it was some kind of like paint and what if you thought it was like an insurance i thought it was a stucco thing you like patch up some holes on your wall and then paint it over i thought it was something for your car to be honest but we all had our own thoughts on it it. but no it is pain relief i thought it was a bank all right they're not sponsoring this segment so we're gonna move on from them um so uh who's on the poll ryan blaney yep and eric amarola why is amarola someone that uh will remember bacon He's a UCF Knight. He's a UCF oh, Knight, that yes. Too. And and Bacon. Yeah, Smithfield. Oh, it's like, what does that have to do? <laughs> All right, yes. Well, he's All from right. Central Florida, and he went to my alma mater, UCF. University of Central Florida. Yeah. Some people like Bacon. And some people like Bacon. So that's probably why they like Erica Morla. Uh, so they're on the pole and outside pole. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And then again, uh, no practice, no qualifying. But that's Wednesday night. Then we got another race on Sunday. Where are we going? We are going to... The famous Homestead Miami Speedway for the Dixie Vodka 400. These are some weird sponsors. Well, that that's uh that's an adult beverage, so that's probably why you don't recognize it. Children, um, get out of here! <laughs> but uh, there, that's the first time they, the the Cup Series has gone to Miami since uh, last November when uh, Kyle Busch won his second championship. So it'll be pretty interesting to see them. Down there in Miami, it's probably a lot more humid than it was in November. It's probably going to be hotter because I know since the championship isn't going to be there anymore, they've moved the Miami race earlier in the year. They better hydrate. It's going to be pretty muggy and humid down there, similar to uh, Atlanta. I think it may get hot early in the race, and then it may, and then um, it may get gloomy. To me, the interesting thing about this race is that for a long time we've known it as the final race of the NASCAR season. But now it's not. So it's like, man, it's going to be a crazy experience in this race in a different light. So I'm hyped. I actually really wanted to go to this race this year. And obviously no one's going because there are no fans there. So 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. You know, NASCAR has been rescheduling different races. Um, they actually even announced they well, they never they haven't announced the first race with fans, but what they basically have opened the door that the all star race in mid July, it'll be a Wednesday night race, may have the first fans. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully that that happens. Um, but yeah. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. All right, this week, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I think this one's going to be a real fun one. So this week, it is Johan. Johan, who am I connecting to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? The Rock. The Rock. Now, what's The Rock's real name? Dwayne Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Now, we love The Rock or Dwayne Johnson because of his many movie roles. I think our favorite franchise that he's in is... Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious, yes. And you would think, okay, he's a famous Hollywood star, one of the biggest. Back in 2004, he was the Grand Marshal at Texas. And then in 2018, to promote his movie Skyscraper, which uh, is one of mom's classic favorites because of how unrealistic some of the stunts were. When he was cross-promoting it with NASCAR, he actually recorded a promotion for NASCAR. But that's not the way I'm going to connect him. Are you going down the route that how I know The Rock? No. Through wrestling? No, it's not. Well, it's kind of indirectly related to wrestling. Here's the deal. He almost became a NASCAR owner back in 2000. So this is actually a really interesting story. I looked it up. What do you mean up. by NASCAR owner? I'm going to explain it. So back in 2000, he got connected with Hermie Sadler. Yes. Elliot's brother. Elliot's brother. Because Hermie Sadler had a dealership where he would give use of a Cadillac to The Rock. And as an exchange for that, The Rock would do promos, commercials for the for the radio station. Well, one uh, race in August of 2000, Hermie actually raced a WWF-sponsored car. So then they start to talk a little bit more about racing. Later in that season, in October, there's a test session in Miami in Homestead. Well, Dwayne Johnson at the time, and he might still, has a house in Miami, came to the testing, and Hermie was at the top of the charts and was like, we impressed The Rock so much. They said, you know what? We're going to start a race team together. Basically, we're getting contracts together, buying cars, setting up a team. And it came all the way down. They're, they're, they're going to start their 2001 season as, uh, what did they call it? Rock Racing. And it basically got put to a stop because of Vince McMahon and the WWF legal team. And basically the problem was at the time, Dwayne Johnson did not own the rights to his nickname, The Rock. And so basically they, they kind of put an end to it. And that was it. And, uh, the, the, and, and, base, and, and Dwayne Johnson at the time was not as big a star, didn't have the same kind of pull. And so he wasn't able to pull this off. But he almost became a NASCAR owner. Um, and even though it didn't work out, and obviously now The Rock is you know one of the biggest stars in all of Hollywood, 
uh, Hermie Sadler doesn't really hold any hard feelings and, and he kind of understands that at the time it was kind of out of his hands. But I just thought that was fascinating. I that would have been so cool. Yeah. I was such a huge, I mean, I still am, but I was such a huge uh, The Rock fan when he wrestled. And so for him to be involved not only with wrestling, but also with NASCAR, that would have been like double whammy. I, th- I thought it was a pretty cool story. Uh, he, you know, um, the, the story itself, and I want to make sure I call it out racing dash reference dot info is where I got it. I'll put links in our social pods. So if you want to read the whole thing, but I, I thought it was pretty cool. And Hermie said that, you know, the Dwayne Johnson's, a, you know, great guy and, and, you know, doesn't hold any hard feelings. And now that he is as big a star as he is and his brand is like huge. I'm, I wish that he would get into NASCAR. I think it would be really cool. And and the way that he like lives his life and all his business stuff, he would be super successful at it. So we're all big fans of The Rock or Dwayne Johnson. And uh, I think it would be kind of cool. Now, this is kind of funny. So I'm going to try this. I don't know how this is going to translate. Obviously, for those of you listening, won't be able to see it. But I will try to put the link to this next thing I'm going to share with everyone here in our show notes as well as uh, share it on social. But when I was doing my research on The Rock and NASCAR, I came upon something I don't think I'd ever really seen before. Basically, I guess NASCAR did this thing where um, it was with an influencer and basically took photos of The Rock and overlaid different NASCAR drivers. Okay, so I got this pulled up. I'm going to actually show. I just want you guys that are listening to hear the reactions of our kids as we describe some of these drivers basically made to look like the rock so the influencer is actually someone that we follow on our own handle uh if you think of sarcasm well there's nascarism right so uh that's the the handle and he worked with nascar so this is actually on the nascar website so we'll send this link out and uh share it but i'm gonna just scroll through so here are a few of them you'll see we've got (laughs) <laughs> Brad Whoa. Oh man. So you got the rock. Oh, he looks like Eminem. There's Dwayne, <laughs> there's Dwayne Johnson as Logano. And uh here's a few more. There's Kevin Hart on here. Oh, that was scary. You got Bowman as the rock. <laughs> oh wow. Kurt Bush as the rock. He has a big head there. Uh, well, yes. You got Martin Truman. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no, no, no. And then you've got Kyle Bush. Whoa. Another Eminem lookalike. Another, it does Whoa. look like Eminem in this one. Oh, no. Ah. No, please don't. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. doesn't look like Ricky without his mullet. mullet. No, well, it's get it off the screen. The Next. And we got E-Rock Jones. Yo, his face does not fit <laughs> no, the head. No, it does not. He's, no. he's got baby face. This one's Sam Dillon. Austin Dillon as what? The Rock. Holy cow. Kind of look looks at, like... Oh, <laughs> oh no. No. No, that one... It like a video game. No, Clint Boyer. No, no, no. Boyer get it off. Get it off. It like a video game. Whoa. Look at that. Chase... Chase Elliott doesn't look bad. That's not bad. Hey, Chase... If Chase Elliott goes bald... Not too bad. Chase Elliott goes bald. Blaine Johnson. Look at that. Jimmy Johnson as The Rock. Wow. So there you go. So I'm going to share this on our... On our links, on our social, and I'll even put in the show notes... Do you guys think that was funny? Uh, yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. I think Joey Joey was fine, but like um, Boyer looked weird because like his face was lighter than the rock skin. So it looked and it just it just looked weird. I think it was more of the way they like either his face doesn't fit into the rock's head. 
Eric Jones or and Ricky Stenhouse the way Jr. that they put his head, it just it just looked odd. Well, so, some of them obviously were probably a little easier to do than others, but yeah, I, the, some of them were just uh, yeah, they were a little, little My crazy. problem was like the baby game. face. So, like some of them had baby face compared to the Rock. Like the Rock's body is like huge. It's manly. It's I don't think the I pets. don't think I'm ever going to be able to do a better six degrees than NASCAR. This is like one degree, you know. Yeah, <laughs> one degree. <laughs> One to drive. Can I do right. half of a degree? So one thing I did want to say is we kind of look to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, one, I want to acknowledge our listeners. We're slowly but surely building an audience, which is kind of cool. So we'll see how many people download and listen. We have friends and family that have been really supportive, uh, sending us text messages who are actually listening to our episodes in their car as they drive. We've got other family and friends. Uh, that are doing the same. So we're we're so so appreciative of that support. We actually even had a listener who sent in uh, some questions and 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 actually gave a, a you know gave us some encouragement on some of the things that we've talked about and a suggestion that I actually wanted to talk to you all about real quick, which was how do we kind of work in some competition amongst ourselves talking about NASCAR? And so one of the things that I think we need to figure out, is how are we going to talk about each of our drivers? And also, we should start making picks for our drivers, who we think are going to win and who we think are going to do well. And maybe we can figure out some kind of prize and we can kind of do that every week. So I thought that was a pretty cool suggestion, something that we'll look at. So just want to encourage those of you that are listening. We are reading your emails and we really appreciate that and want to continue to hear more from you. And we'll continue to evolve our show and platform. Uh, as we get more suggestions and ideas. So thank you for those of you that are listening. So what the, you know, our racing through life segment today, I think is, you know, we, we are going to continue to talk a little bit about what we talked about last week, right? Um, the protests are obviously continuing. The topic of racism is, is, is one of the hot topics around the country and will continue to be rightfully so. I mean, this is a, an issue that, that is, long been there and it's about time we kind of decide that enough's enough. And I think there's enough support that there's momentum that I hope makes a big difference. We kind of saw that play out in this week's race, right? The beginning of the race, they showcased uh, Bubba Wallace and the interview that he had uh, and how he mentioned, and he got really emotional about it. He talked about his mom, right? And he said, his mom told him in a text basically at the end that I love you and your life matters to me. And then right after that, Jeff Gordon talked about how he's been in NASCAR, you know, 25 plus years. And although they're both drivers and they're both competitors, you know, their walks of life are completely different. And the one thing that Jeff acknowledged that I thought was pretty powerful was that he realized and recognized and acknowledged that I don't know what it's like to face racism, but I need to do more. At, on his platforms and as a person, the one thing I want to make sure that we all do and we learn from this situation is that when there's something like this going on, and specifically this topic, I think one of the most important things that we need to do is sometimes just stop talking and just listen. And, you know, that's believe it or not, you guys know this and you'll probably, you'll probably nod your head. And, yep, I can see that. I have a problem sometimes shutting my mouth, don't I? Mm -hmm. I always have something to say. Okay, you don't have to go mm -hmm, so loud that everybody knows how true it is. Mm -hmm. But no, <laughs> but no, I mm -hmm. I get it. I I 
I haven't met a, a moment of silence that I don't want to fill with words. And that's harder for me to do, to just be quiet and listen. And I think that's what we all need to do. And I think that that's what we're, you know, as a family, one of the things we want to do is listen to the things that we're hearing, listen to black Americans that have suffered racism and what it looks life looks like through their eyes. Yeah, listen to their stories and try to to understand how they what they go through. Because yeah, if you haven't experienced racism, then you don't know what it is. You don't know what it's like. And it almost becomes something that seems unreal or not real that happens. So yeah, when you listen to the stories of people, you give them a voice to talk and share their stories. Yeah, actually, last Tuesday, there was this thing called Blackout Tuesday where People stop their usual posting to allow to talk. So I, I think what happened last Tuesday, Blackout Tuesday, the idea was that we wanted to elevate the stories of black people in this country, allow them a platform, a broader platform than, than they would normally get because of all of the other things, the other media that's out there. So if you were a... a you know, an influencer or a media company, you know, music companies did this. It was, you know, broad reaching. Everyone took a, was supposed to take a break basically and telling their own story to kind of take a step back and allow the voices of black Americans to be heard, to hear those stories. And so some people didn't understand that. Some people thought it was about censorship or all these other things. No, at the end of the day, it was to allow the stories of black Americans to be kind of raised higher and to have a bigger platform. And I, I think it it's important. And, and to me, I took that as we need to listen. We need to hear those stories. There's some great documentaries and some great movies that I, out of all of this, I've been reading a lot of posts and I'm like, you know, I, I want to educate myself. I want to educate us as a family. So we're going to continue to do that. So um, yeah. So the, the last note I'll say on this, is I was really proud about NASCAR and what they did because, uh, you know, they talked about it in the pre-race show. And then during the race, right before it went green, they brought the cars after they did the warm-up laps down and they stopped them. And the president of NASCAR addressed all the drivers and basically said, you know, this is this is a real issue and acknowledged it on a national stage for a national audience and said, we can all do better. And I thought that was pretty powerful to do that because not only did he say it, but he made like they pumped his speech through the radios of all the drivers. And uh, NASCAR also had a really great video that they did with a lot of the different drivers, just all again with that same message. So, you know, NASCAR uh, has had a history um, or, or has been cast as a stereotype as you know, maybe not the most diversified sport. Rightfully so. There is one African-American driver right now, and that's Bubba Wallace. But I think they're trying to do their part to elevate others and to put a spotlight on this issue and to try to be better. Uh, because I think the way that sport grows is through other groups that might not have experienced this this sport. And so as fans of the sport, we're excited. I'm happy that and proud to see them do that and to take that because it's there are a lot of people criticizing it too at the same time you know for us it's like how could you criticize that but there are a lot of people that have their own reasons and we're not going to get into that right now but at the end of the day i can say i'm proud of nascar for doing what they did this weekend 
Thanks, guys. This is episode 11. Why is 11 significant for us? 7-11. Okay. We like Slurpees. 11 is mom's favorite number. So we'll just leave it like that. Giovanni, take us out. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Don't forget to leave a like, subscribe, and download our episodes. So that way you can hear them anytime you want. On the road, at races, whenever you want. Let's Go Racing Family, out. <laughs>